Hey, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray, and I am joined today by an old stranger named Josh. Josh, hi. How are you? <laughs> Man, I am doing well. It is great to be back on uh, our little podcast here that we created. Um, our little dog and pony show. Yeah, I had to. Uh, I had to take some time off, but... Uh, yeah, it was it was refreshing, man. I was able to find a little bit more of myself, and I kind of felt like I'd lost it. And uh, I think that's important. And a big shout-out to Ian, uh, who helped me with a non-football-related issue <clears throat> whilst I was away. Uh, Ian had actually told me to fill him in on the situation, but I'll do him one better and uh, tell him here, everything worked out. I got it. He'll know what that means. No more, no less needs to be said. But uh, I will also, you know, give you a call, Ian, and, and explain how it worked out. But I wanted you to know that your advice paid off. We so, should all thank Ian because, um, you know, our, our our buddy Joe got got holed up with a knee injury and was in hospital for a while and thus heavily medicated. So. We were leaning on Ian for a while, and Ian came through every time. So he is the MVP of the month of November. Um, Indeed. In more ways than one, actually. Correct, yes. So, obviously, thanks to Ian for the, for his time. And obviously, we will definitely be having him on again, because he's part of the furniture here now. So, well, it's fabric, but furniture works, too. Yeah, I guess that's that's kind of a mixed metaphor and i just screwed it up but whatever no i don't think so i i, I think part, i kind of like part of the furniture <laughs> all right um I, i'm I, i'm just gonna commit to it at this point you um, should you pick on which piece of furniture he is though i say like he's couch, like the like, recliner in the middle uh, of a living couch, room cu couch cushion i don't know um couch <laughs> <laughs> all right um we have a lot of football to get to. Quick administrative note beforehand about the pod. We still get the occasional question of what went on with City Watch. Really, there's not a lot to say. It just didn't work out. It happens sometimes. And um, there are no hard feelings. It just it didn't work out. So um, there's not really any great scandal here that we have to tell you about. But um, obviously, we thank them. We wish them well. They're good people. As for the us... Future of we are also good people. We In are, fact, even people. We like to think we're good people. Um, we don't want to give too many details yet because it's still in the very early stages, but we are working on some schemes to make sure that we're getting you good guests, good insight, particularly from overseas, so that we can have that perspective on the podcast because we really value that perspective on the podcast. We're a couple dumb Americans who don't know what the heck is going on where the football is actually being played. So we always want that perspective, and we're working on some things in the background. We hope to have something to report to you in the future. Um, we don't want to put the cart before the horse, but stay tuned for that. We are working on stuff, um, and we are back, and I'm loath to say better than ever because we were never that good in the first place. But we, true. Are, we are competent as we were before, for better or worse. We're sort of like Conan O'Brien. We're back, but I don't know if we were better, because in order to be better, you... Well, I guess you don't have to be good in the first place. Yeah, can, if, like the Cleveland Browns, like, like Browns, you were saying yeah. yesterday, when when the uh, Detroit Lions went 2-14 and 14 following their 0-16 uh, <laughs> season, it was, it was ecstatic, because there's nowhere to go but up. That's what we're right. living by. Nowhere to go but up here. So We're the only 16 Lions. <laughs> Maybe in a couple of years we can make the playoffs and get blown out by the Saints. So, on to the football. Um, I, I know Josh has a lot of strong opinions on how City have played over the last month, so we're just going to start with the game on Wednesday against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, I know we didn't do anything after the Crystal Palace game. We'll allude to it slightly. We're going to talk about Yaya because we feel obligated to talk about Yaya, and we will be the literal last City podcast to share our thoughts on Yaya's performance in that game. But we will get to that. Um, Gladbach away, 1-1. It was good enough to get them through to the last 16. 
Um, not really good enough for much else. I don't think this one's going to go down as one of the highlights of the season. Um, let's talk about the match, first of all, and I'm going to start at the very beginning with the tactics. And the back three is something that we have been going, doing for on and off for several games now. I don't like it, but I think that the explanation for this and you can tell me if you think I'm right or wrong or if there's more to it or not. But as I said on Twitter yesterday, my non-educated guess is that he does not really have a lot of faith in the fullbacks right now, Pep Dutt being who I'm talking about. Um, well, that's half true. He has a lot of faith in Kolarov, just not as a fullback. Um... Uh, <laughs> But he still has faith in a technical fullback uh, to some extent. Uh, but I just wanted to split hairs there and have fun for a second. No, you're absolutely right. I don't. <sighs> when you look at City and and you look at the inherent weaknesses of these teams, they almost sort of spell themselves out for you within the first 15 minutes of the game. You you try an incisive pass along the edge to set one of your wingers free to try and get a cross in. <clears throat> and once he's 5, 10 yards past Zabaleta getting ready to fire in the cross, it dawns on the other team. We can do this all day. Now, with Kolarov, he might be a little bit better about getting back than Zabaleta. But the thing about Kolarov is that he can't quite get back all the way. So... Whenever a cross is fired in with him, Kolarov's always like a half person away from the actual person that's firing in the cross, which makes it all that more frustrating because he's right there and he still can't make a play. So if I'm an opposing technical manager, um, technical coach, whatever the hell they call them, um, I, I look at this and I say, we can take apart their way or their fullbacks all day if we have the right wingers and we've seen a lot of teams adjust to that they they put their quicker players up front in anticipation of blowing right by Kolarov and Zabaleta because they know that they're going to now Sanya is probably City's best fullback at this point I would say um but the problem is, is that he's on the wrong side of 30, and it's starting to show. So, yeah, I'm I'm really guessing. But I also wonder how much of it is inspired by Pep, because this isn't the first time Pep's played with a three-back system. No. If you'll remember, nor in the Champions League. If you'll remember, he you know most famously experimented with three-back against Barcelona with Bayern. In, in one of the more laughable Bayern Champions League games in history. Almost so as laughable as their loss to Rostov yesterday, by the way. Oh, yeah. Hashtag yeah. reverse pep effect. Um, yeah. but, but, but I will say, um, and this was pointed out by Sam Lee, which is what prompted my initial response, is that even then, it took Guardiola a lot longer at Bayern to implement or play around with the back three than it has taken him at City. And I'm not, I think that might be why my reasoning was why that might be. Oh, so you're saying that it's taken him longer. I, I think it took, it was, it wasn't in his, until it was later in his Bayern career that he began to tinker with it. Right, right, right. Um, than he has here. And I think that is in large part because of his lack of faith in his fullbacks here, even the ones that are good to be able to play every single game. Yeah, I could buy that. I could see that, but I could also see it just as easily him, <clears throat> excuse me, him wanting to push to that three back system because it frees up more space for his attackers. Um, and you look at the success that Conte has. With I'm not, three I'm not dismissing that there is a tactical element to it as well. Oh, sure. Sure. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah. I mean, look, I let's let's get down to the nitty gritty of this thing. Are the fullbacks any good for City? And the answer is no. They're not. I mean, I there may not be, to do this rant again. Yeah, there <laughs> may be there may be some talent within those youth ranks, but they're not ready yet. 
And if you're relying on if if your team's best fullback is a 32, is he 32 or 33, Sonia? 33. If your team's fullback, best fullback is a 33 year old, like that's probably not a good sign. That's that's not a sign that you're on the right path. And when you look at the transfer reports, every single time they're linked to a fullback, that's probably not accidental, Gray. Absolutely I not. To what? I. I I've, I'm I would be beating the dead horse, but um, why did they never sign any fullbacks? This has been a problem for years. Everyone could see this coming. They only signed Sanya, who was already over thirty when they signed him. What were they waiting for? What were they thinking? Yes, I accept that there is always sort of I guess a, a, a shortage of quality fullbacks on the market, but. Do something. Other people are finding them. What's your excuse? Do something. You waited too long. We have been paying the price for years. We are paying the price even more now and a team that should be better than it has been over the last couple months because, in part, people were too lazy slash incompetent slash lollygagging to sign good enough fullbacks for this football club and rant. Hey, I'm I'm glad I got to hear that. Actually, I'm I'm I really am. <laughs> My problem isn't with a back three, though. I want to say this: I don't mind a back three at all. Actually, I think that in a in a different world, City using a back three is kind of the way to go. And with Otamendi, Stones, and maybe one more center back that they could look to bring in in the next, well. Not in the next, but in the summer. (laughs) Dude, I'm not sold on Denayer. I'm not either. I just had to say it. Yeah. Um, you know, bringing in another, uh, bringing another center half in the uh, summer transfer window, I, I think that that could go a long way in. Pep setting up as a, a, a three man back, which. I don't have a problem with because <clears throat> personally, I think that using three at the back lo- uh, frees up the logjam of talent that City have that already is having to sit on the bench. By using one less defender, you can get one more of these ridiculously expensive tackers out on the field. And I would be okay with that. I'm not necessarily opposed to three at the back on principle. It just looks like the players don't really know what they're to do with it yet. And I'm, I, I don't know well, if that's... how long that takes to learn, Yeah, I, I don't know if it's because it's new, because it's personnel, because it's a combination of both. Um, it might be a combination of both. But the, 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 they don't, it doesn't look fluid yet, to use the football manager terminology. No, it doesn't look fluid at all. It looks spotty at best. Guys don't look like they know what they're doing. They don't know how to fill in gaps and assignments. And most importantly, they look befuddled on what to do when the ball does go out to the wings. So I think in that instance, you have to wonder, okay, is this really because of the three at the back? Well, yes, it is. But how much are the wingbacks playing in this when they're doing this? Because when you do set up with three at the back, guys like Sterling and Navas are at times supposed to function like wingbacks and to get back there and help out. Um, and I'll be real. I kind of think that's why Jesus Navas started over Leroy Sané yesterday. That's exactly why. Because Sané isn't big on tracking back, and Jesus will put in a shift. So, um, yeah, I don't... This team is just... It's, it's, it's a Pellegrini team being coached by Guardiola. That's just where we're at right now. They're, every single thing that happened last year is happening this year. The only reason people aren't freaking out is because Guardiola's in charge and not Pellegrini. Uh, why? So, so what do you think that boils down to? Is it tactical? Is it mental? Is it talent? Is it something else? Is it a combination of all that? Why does it feel like the last month and a half have been this? Why? Why do you think that is? Is it something in the DNA of the players that that is on, that are on this team right now? 
I don't think some of them work together, to be honest with you. I think that it's time for David Silva to go. I don't care how good he's playing. I think that David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne try and occupy too much of each other's space, and there's been too many games where that's happened. If you're going to make a commitment to, to De Bruyne like Guardiola seems to have, then and it's they, okay. And they should. They should. It's okay to move on from David Silva. It really is. See, a parts of this team remind me of the Spanish international team. And the way that this, the, the problem with the Spanish international team over many years is that reverence sort of guided their starting 11 rather than talent or the hot hand or who was doing better at the time. It was just, deference you know oh shabby <laughs> he's gotta play dude he's like 35 Remember he does when not they, got- they kept playing saint Iker casillas for yes. ahead of Iker- de gea for <laughs> which in retrospect looks like the dumbest thing ever for literal and- years and it just looks stupid but yet this is how the spanish team operates pep spanish I don't know. Maybe he's sticking with some guys out of loyalty and deference, but I do think that there needs to be more of a cleaning out, more of a willingness. Because you look at guys like David Silva, the thing that bugs me about him is, is for amazing of a player as he is, for as incredible of a servant as he's been to Manchester City, the one thing he has never done in his career is play defense. Right. Just, it's not ingrained in his game and if you're playing a total football system like Guardiola's asking you have to get back it just leaves open too many gaps and spaces for teams to slide in to create scoring opportunities and that's exactly what we saw with Gladbach's first goal right and I it's I, I guess the, the feeling I would have is that the, the, the team has a couple of luxury players right now, is how I would characterize it. Um, very good. That's, that, that's never the point. They're not bad or anything like that. But at the same time, you know, could City function without them? I think the answer is yes. Um, it, it just it, it feels like... City have not really had a coherent plan for putting a, a roster together until rather recently, if that makes sense. Because for a while it was... That's why I think it's got to take time. You yeah. know, Jill is the only one that has a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he walked into Barca, there was obviously a lot of Academy products that had a coherent brought up together. When he walked into Bayern, there were a lot of players who had played together for a long time and were bought more strategically. With City, you still have some players who were the product of literally anyone who would sign for us after before we we were a Champions League regular. Um, so that's one group. Then you had the players who were assigned to take us to that level, which is another group. And then you had sort of the role players that they spent signing for a couple of years to augment that group. And then you have the guys that they've signed the last couple of windows that are sort of meant to both revitalize and fill some stop gaps. So it's kind of this amalgamation of, I think, four different transfer strategies over the past eight years or so that, that you're seeing sort of being thrown together and still tried to make work. At times it does. They're closer to than they were, obviously, when when um, you had Mark Hughes in charge or even Mancini's earliest days. But I want to ask you a question, Greg, because I feel like it's going to it's going to take you a minute to answer. But I was talking about this in the 9320 Facebook page and people were criticizing Yaya. and, And one of the things that I despise about the criticism of Yaya is that it all comes down to his agent. And it's so so in essence, you're not really criticizing Yaya. You're criticizing his agent 
people confuse <clears throat> Yaya saying stuff about the club with his agent saying stuff about the club. And I guess I would say this. For all the people who say that Yaya does nothing and contributes nothing, I would point to the number of games that Aguero has not shown up, uh, been useless, not been paying attention, missed penalties, missed multiple penalties. Um, and while Aguero hasn't had a Maldi agent, that's neither here nor there, you know... <sighs> But I want to circle this back to Aguero for a second, because you look at Aguero and the struggles he's had under Guardiola. He started off rather hot, and he's even been benched at one point. Uh, he seems to be missing opportunities that he would have otherwise nailed without a problem in the past. Um, are we coming close to the end of Aguero's time at City? No, I don't think so. What we are what we are dealing with is a player who doesn't seem to have it about him right now. Um, and it's funny because it wasn't that long ago that Ian and I answered a question. It was after the West Brom game. Are are we seeing the best Aguero has ever played for City? Um, and since then, he's just completely fallen off again. He was completely isolated yesterday. Um, just completely isolated. And I think that the demands of Guardiola on him to work harder he has not yet come to grips with you see flashes of it in some games like the West Brom game or things like that you see flashes of him looking like he's going to get it and then it just sort of reverts um and I guess the question you might ask is is it too late to teach an old dog new tricks so to speak not that Aguero is old or anything um at least age-wise but I, I guess, he's getting there. I mean, he's getting. He's closer to thirty than not. Well, I know that, but I and and I know that the, the concern. I mean, he's he's twenty eight. I know that the concern is that he also has had a lot of muscle injuries, um, which might make that twenty eight look older than it actually is. But I I I don't think that they have any plans or any intention of 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 seeing him off. I do think, however, that he is not yet coming to grips with what is being asked of him on a consistent basis, and so that looks bad for him. And in games where he does miss those chances, he seems to sort of fade out a little bit. Um, and sometimes he's just so isolated. It's like they don't know um they they don't know what what where where he should be what to put him how to get him involved um so i th i think that i'm i'm loath to say that we are seeing the last of him because i don't think that's the case but i do think that he is coming to grips with some things right now if that makes sense I can see that. <clears throat> I just think we're starting to see the natural decline of somebody who plays like Aguero plays and has had as many injuries as he as he's had. This is right about the same time that Kaká fell off. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's it's hard to play at the level Aguero plays, especially when you play like Aguero plays. It's a very physical in nature style. Very aggressive, very in your face, and and I, I would say that Aguero almost emulates a lot of what Messi believes in. I was reading an article about Messi, uh, for, for an old Grant Wall article, and there was a little line in there where Messi talked about how he he knew growing up, growing <laughs> growing up, he knew growing up that he was not going to be a diver. He'd seen that style of play and, and just thought, A, that's embarrassing, and B, <clears throat> how many opportunities are you giving up to put the ball in the net when you go to the ground? If you're on the ground, you can't do anything with the ball. And so Messi made a personal resolve not to dive. And, and, and Aguero does a lot of that, too. He'll attempt to stay on his feet. And a lot of the times when you play like that, you often take more abuse because people are like, well, what do we have to do to get this asshole down? You know, like d opposing defenders are like, that didn't work. OK, let me just kick his legs out. That stuff adds up. 
it adds up so much. And when when you have Aguero's, I guess you could say, dietary problems that caused muscle problems, like I think he had to stop eating Argentinian meats that were packed with fats. Um, they had to completely change his diet and get him on a non-Argentine diet, which apparently still works for Messi. Um, so I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I look at Aguero and say, I think that he's coming to the end of his best times. I have no, you know, this isn't, I'm not trying to start anything. I'm not trying to be different or controversial. This is just me looking at Aguero, looking at Pep Guardiola, and then looking at the system and what everybody is being asked to do. And I cannot help but think Aguero is going to become a bit part player behind people like Ianacho and Gabriel Jesus when he arrives. I don't think that's going to happen that quickly. And I, I think that, there's, I know, I don't yeah. that quickly okay. but yeah. in time, I'm sorry. In I, time. Yeah. I, 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 we actually got a question, a listener question about Aguero. So I'll just go to that right now. Um, and whether they have, this is Thomas Arthur Prague X 101 on Twitter asking us whether he thinks Aguero's recent form is a cause for concern. We kind of answered that, but he also wants to know what we think the effects of the Argentina team are on Aguero's form. And, yeah, does he even start? I don't think he starts much for Argentina, does he? No, and that's the other reason why I'm not sold by Aguero. This is a guy who's getting beat out consistently by Higuain. The same uh, Higuain who couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. When he was still being beat out by Higuain. I don't know that I would take that as, as anything. I think Aguero has proven himself at, at the club level. Um not necessarily this season in, in in necessarily but in the past you know i don't i don't think aguero really has any 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 statements to make um you know not that he's accomplished everything he could accomplish i don't think he really ever entered that top bracket of undisputed top players in the world where suarez occupies along with you know the messis and ronaldos i don't think he ever really entered that bracket on um but at the same time, I don't, I don't think that his. <laughs> I'm, I'm loath to say that the fact that he can't get in the Argentina team ahead of Higuain is cause for us to think anything about him. Um, international managers do strange things all the time. We just talked about Spain, um, so I'm, I'm loath to cite that as evidence of anything that Aguero is doing wrong on his part. That's fair. To be honest, I'm not really looking as much at the Argentine team as I am looking at Aguero's performance, seeing Guardiola drop him here and there. Um, It's just the little things that all start to add up. And and Guardiola loves younger players. And if one of the reasons he the one of the reasons that Guardiola loves younger players is because he feels like he can mold them and get more out of them. And if there comes a point where Aguero isn't giving Guardiola everything that he wants, he is not going to hesitate to bench him, just as he didn't in the Champions League. No, I don't think that's the case. And I think that's another interesting point because... Um... This was an older team that he inherited, so it didn't have a lot of those type of players that he could just sort of mold into what he wanted. And we have seen them buy young, I think, for a reason in the last two windows between Sterling and Sané and Stones. Those guys, all young enough that he can sort of take them by the scruff of their neck and turn them into something that he wants to turn them into. I don't think that's a coincidence. But overall, he inherited a pretty old team. So... I guess that's another interesting point to what we were talking about earlier. Um, I do want to talk about Yaya because, like I said, we didn't ta- we didn't do anything after the Palace game because my week has been strange. Um, <laughs> but as has mine. I got as, married. Yeah, you got married, and I just had a strange week. Um, they're not quite the same, but you know. Um, but <laughs> 
but obviously... Uh, I mean, getting married's pretty strange, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's a really weird thing to go through. <laughs> like, the, in, the entire time I was standing up at the altar, like, I'm not even joking. Like, of course I was thrilled to be there with, with my wife, and, you know, I couldn't have married in a better person but standing up there doing this thing and i'm like i it was even in my vows i was like this is weird <laughs> so uh yeah weddings are weird that's that's all i got noted okay um but obviously yaya was the match winner with a brace on saturday against crystal palace um apparently the uh dimitri saluk apology has been accepted or at least sort of accepted accepted enough that Yaya's allowed to play again he's allowed to play with the other kids at the park he's not in timeout anymore um now i guess the question i have is can he help or is this just going to turn into a case of um and 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 you i think you made a good point about how so much of the criticism centered around him is 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 uh, is based on his agent but I think there did definitely become a sense of frustration with Yaya about how, you know, he doesn't run enough or he looks like he's not really playing for the team or with the team. Um, if we start seeing Yaya on a semi-regular basis again, is that just what's going to happen again? Or is there a role that he can help this team um, in, 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 I guess, that... Any capacity? Sort of, in any capacity, a role that sort of minimizes whatever shortcomings he may have as a player strictly on the pitch. You know, I think using him sparingly allows for that. I, I You know, everybody accuses Yaya of not giving a damn. And I can't help but wonder, and I was one of them, but I can't help but my wonder in my heart of hearts is if Yaya had yet to come to grips with the fact that he was no longer the same player. I've never heard anybody, all the, all the criticism directed at Yaya, and believe me, I have been a large part of it, so I am just as much to blame as anyone else in this situation. But when you look at a player who's been playing at the level he's been playing at, with the force he's been playing at, with his ability, with just his thundering shots, uh, you know, changing who you are and what you can do almost overnight is so terrifying. Having to, to basically reinvent the way you play your own game I, I kind of feel bad for Yaya because I was reading some of the Facebook posts yesterday and people were saying crap like, oh, Yaya only came to money for City. Well, first of all, the same could be said of a number of people. And that's the stupidest argument I've ever heard of. Of course a player came to a team for money. That's how the entire system works. If you do well, you get paid more, and you usually sign with the team that pays you the most. This is common sense. It is not something that should be held against the player later on in their career. But you bring up an exceptionally valid point in that if it were just the money, <clears throat> if it were just Dimitri, you'd probably find an excuse or a pardon for Yaya. But then there's the games where he just sort of doesn't even look like he's ambulatory. It almost just looks like he's practicing the mannequin challenge. And it's frustrating for fans. Thank you for the title of this podcast, by the way. The Iatori <laughs> mannequin challenge. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, it's frustrating for fans to see somebody with as much strength and ability to change a game in, in one fell swoop uh, like he can, and yet he just kind of like lumbers around and just is like, Hey guys, I'm here. Let me hit a baby in the face with this free kick. You know, um, it's, I think there is a role for Yaya, but I think it has to be tempered. It has to be well thought out. And I think it should be used with a little bit of strategery to quote Saturday night live. Uh, 
I, I just think that as a regular player, I think this is what you were asking, and then I'll kick it back to you. As a regular player, starting 90 minutes every other game or every game or whatnot, no. Yaya's past that point in his career, but he can still, as we saw on Saturday, be an incredibly useful player. Yeah, I mean, my, my opinion of him hasn't really changed, I guess I would say. In, in in given the fact that um you know they probably have hung on to him a little bit too long um but at the same time i think there's a role to be played whether he's will whether he's going to be content in that role i don't know i don't really know what's going on inside not his agent's mind I, yaya's mind just yaya i don't really know what's going on in his mind i don't know how he's feeling about being, you know, saying a bit part player sounds harsh, but I don't really know how else to put it because, you know, a, a strategically used, on occasion, break glass in case of emergency player, I guess, is one way to put it. I don't know how he feels about that role. I don't know if he will be happy about that role, um, but I think it's the best thing for him, and I think he needs to, he would need to accept that it is the best thing for him. I mean, there's not much he can do about it. He doesn't have a lot of leverage. They're not going to give him a new contract. So it's not like, you know, he he can sit there and, and grouse about it and Pep will, will be made to care about it. He'll just say, well, all right, then sit. Um, but I think there's a role I think he has to be used sparingly. Um, I, but I've kind of thought that all along. It's just sort of he has to accept that. And, you know, to his credit, we haven't heard anything from him. Strictly him. We've heard a lot. Which is what pisses me off, yeah. because people keep saying, oh, Yaya said this and that about the club. No, the only thing he said is about a cake. That's it. Correct. Which is going to dog him until the end of time, and that's his own fault. But um, that was a while ago now. So it's, 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 it's a case of, I don't know how he's feeling. I don't know... Um, I don't know if he's good with this. I don't think he has a real, real choice in the matter, but I think that that you can you can find find a role for him um, and 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 make him useful if he's willing to commit to it. And on Saturday, he did commit to what he was asked to do, more or less. Scored two big goals. Was basically responsible for dragging them over the line with three points. So yes, I I can see. I can see that that happening, um, and I and I hope that he does sort of accept that 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 this. Well, he has no choice. It's yeah. not like he's going anywhere. No, in no, no, no. I know, but I think it would be easier on everyone if he just did accept it and didn't grouse about it. And it doesn't really sound like he is because you know you, you think that if Yaya weren't training well and if he were throwing fits or ha half-assing it in, in training, then. Pep would not have reintroduced him. So I, I think that that I'm feeling modestly optimistic that 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 he's 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 being a good soldier behind the scenes and not talking out of line or anything like that. So that's that's my thinking on Yaya. Um I wanted to do one more thing here. Um and I know we, we might veer off into something else, which is fine. But I did want to go through one last question that I think both of us should answer. Um, I think we can both agree that this is not where we hoped City would be. We we thought this, this would they would be further along, or hope we would be further along by this point. But the question I want to ask you, and I will answer it as well, um, is... What changes need to be made that can be made now, without any transfers, without bringing any new players, without anything like that? Things that can start happening now to make this team better now. Is there anything? Um, no. Okay. Right, right <laughs> this instant, not in January, transfer window, not after Gabriel Jesus comes... None of that, right? That's what you're saying? Yeah, like, right this instant? Right now, no new players, no new nothing. No. Okay. No. Nope, this team is what it is. Okay. And they've proven that. The the statistics and the consistent flubs, ill-fated performances, 
you know, uh, late blown leads, losing games they have no business losing. Uh, all of that stuff has continued to happen. We're not talking about a team that just suddenly stumbled on a small losing streak and is trying to figure it out. This is a team that whether it's Guardiola, whether it's uh, uh, Manuel Pellegrini, or whether it's my left ass cheek, has had a problem closing out games, uh, finishing games off. And, and otherwise putting forth great performances in games that they need to win. Now, look, I'm not saying that they had any real chance of winning the group yesterday, but come on, man. You don't know what's going to happen with Barca Celta, and that's the, st- that's the performance that you crap out? Yeah, I, I get that. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that was... That was, I mean, I'm just going to say it. That was bullshit yesterday. It was just utter bullshit. It reminded me of a Pellegrini team in the Champions League, a team that looked overmatched, ill-prepared, destined not to go far, uh, and otherwise just lacking in in elite European ability. Yeah, the first half was bad. Um, and the the only saving grace was that they got the goal late right before halftime. If they don't do that, then I don't know what happens in the second half. Obviously, I don't still... know what happens in at all. Like yeah. I don't know if if they don't get that goal in the second half, I think my bold prediction of City flubbing out of the group stage actually happens. I I think um, yeah I, I mean I don't know, but. I think that obviously Stindl got sent off pretty early on. They looked like they had a chance. And then Fernandinho got sent off on the most ridiculous second yellow card of the season so far, I suppose, in which he was apparently occupying too much of the same breathing space as the other player. Um, I I don't know what that was. It looked terrible to me. Um, But I would say... Uh, after that, they basically admitted, well, let's just kill the game because they knew at the end of the day, they knew that one point would be enough. Um, not thrilled with it, but they knew that one point would be enough and they just decided, all right, let's just do this. But I I think that the first half was so disappointing because this should have been such, it was, you know, just because they didn't act like it wasn't, didn't mean it was not a big game. It was a big game for them. And they came out looking very flat, very uninspired, didn't look like they had their wits about them, really. And yes, that drives me nuts, because that should not still be happening, but it is. And you wonder if there's just something in these players, or some of these players, that prevents them from, 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 I guess, meshing all the way. And that frustrates me, because I've, I think that we both hoped that this team would be further along by now. Um, it's almost December. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know if this team is going to win the league. I don't even know if this team is going to get past the next team they face in the Champions League stage. I would be inclined to believe that they are, because I do think that we're not going to see any Champions League games until after the January transfer window. So, uh I, 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 well, I mean, we will see a couple, one more before then, but not, yeah, not the, a, uh, a dead rubber. It'll be a, a dead rubber yeah. that doesn't have any consequences whatsoever. Yep. yep. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if once City get Jesus or if they address any transfer business during the window, bring in a fullback or two. Look, if Pep Guardiola believes that a fullback or so can help him win this league, then I, I do think he'll go out and spend the cash to grab one. Even if they have to prize a guy like Grimaldi or Grimaldo or whatever the Voldemort away um, of a contract that he just recently signed. City have the money and they will do it if they think it'll make it, it if and this is the key word. If they feel like it will be the difference between winning the league and not winning the league. Um, but as it stands right now, if the fact that Pep Guardiola insists on playing three at the back becomes a thing, I think you can look at really take a serious look at bringing in another fullback because, well, frankly, I think you hit the nail on the head. It feels like Pep's afraid to play a full, you know, four at the back. 
Yeah, or at least all the time. Um, we should talk about, we have a little bit of time, we should talk about the Burnley game um, real quick, do a quick preview of that. Um, the early game on Saturday morning. Um, it, it is a way. Um, Burnley lately have been, you know, Burnley or Burnley, they did just get obliterated by West Brom. Um, but they beat Crystal Palace before that. They rather they got rather lucky against um, Man United and held them at, at Old Trafford. Um, they have kind of a mixed record. You like- do what we should do is spend some time at the end of this talking about Duncan Castle's meltdown on Manchester United just because, well, who doesn't love to talk about Manchester United meltdowns? But carry on. I do, but I would I would feel better talking about it if we were like not like I don't know how many however many points ahead of them we are is probably not as many as we should be <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, oh, it is still eight. Okay, well that's fun. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about the Burnley game. On paper, you'd think this is a place we can go and win. Um, I would also note, however, that this is a place that they did not go and win in the 14-15 season when they were up. Um, in one of, I think, one of the worst, one of the most memorable bad performances under, um, Manuel Pellegrini. So, I don't think this is an easy one, um, or or one that you can just say, oh, they're gonna go, they should win that game. Plus... I would expect, given the Wednesday-Saturday turnaround, we're going to see a couple changes. And I don't know what those are, but, you know, how do you feel about this game as we sit here and speak right now? Oh, man, I knew you were going to ask me that question, and I don't have an answer for you. Um, I don't have a good feeling about any city games anymore. Every game, I feel like it could be a draw. I don't have that looming feeling of like, this is going to be a loss like I did with Pellegrini. But I still have that feeling like city just aren't going to do anything. This is not going to happen. You know, I I, I mean, I I looked at my wife yesterday because I had to go run a bunch of air. I had to record the game and come back and watch it later because I had a doctor's appointment at 1230. And I looked at her right after Gladback scored and she's just like typical city day. I was, you know, she doesn't even watch it, but she hears me say it enough. And I was like, yeah, they're probably going to lose this game. And, you know, they ended up pulling a a tie out. But when you watch performances like that, just the only thing you can think of is typical city. It doesn't matter who's coaching this team. You know, I don't I don't know what they need to do. Maybe they need to hire Theo Epstein because that seems to be the only way to break curses. And uh, yeah, maybe that maybe they just need to look at hiring Theo Epstein. I I think that um, I just one of the things that was happening when when you know when 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 Ian and I were doing these was it just felt like we kept talking about the same problems. Namely, when they get a lead, they don't kill the game. They get chances to kill the game, but they don't kill the game. They 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 leave chances. They let chances go begging. And then they inevitably get picked off at the other end. It feels like every time it's they, they take a 1-0 lead, it's like, if you don't get the second, we're not going to win this. Um, and it shouldn't feel that way, but that's exactly how it feels, and they have yet to prove us wrong on that. Just this lack of clinicality, I guess, is the word I would use. A lack of... Um, they, they, they just... Where's that killer instinct? Where is that, you know... Where, where are we going... When are we going to see a team that... That that gets that gets the the lead and then just instead of okay we have the lead thinks now we can kill them you know where's that because it doesn't feel like that's there right now it feels like even at one nil they're just sort of hanging on for dear life and you could feel it coming in the Palace game the equalizer you could feel it coming against Middlesbrough even late on and you're just sitting there thinking. 
You know, forget the equalizer. You could feel the goal coming uh, from who the hell are we talking about again? God damn it. Which game? Uh, game this past weekend. Uh, Wickham for Palace. Was it? Was it? Did we play Palace this last weekend? The last, the most recent weekend, yes. Yeah, yeah, scored twice. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the Gladback game. I'm oh, talking okay. about the, excuse me. Yeah. It was Raphael, wasn't it? Yeah, you could just see that goal coming against uh, Gladback. Like, it, it, they were just, it was onslaught after onslaught after near-blown opportunity. And when the goal went in by Raphael, you're just like, yeah, that was coming. And it was coming. That's the thing. It was. It was not like against the run of play or anything. It just, I you know, it's, it's, it's rather frustrating for me to watch because it's just, you know, what are you doing? Why? Why is this happening? <laughs> and 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 we still can't seem to find a good answer. It's frustrating. It's really really frustrating. Um, and I guess. You know, I, I, I don't know what else to say about it because I feel like I'm repeating myself. It's just really, really frustrating. And I hope that we get something better this weekend. But, you know, like you, I'm not holding out any hope. Um, I'm just, it's just, you know, take a lead and kill off a game for once. They can't keep clean sheets. That's a huge problem. They just don't keep clean sheets. Ever. Under any circumstances, they kept one against West Brom, and that is the only. Well, okay, let me ask you this question because I going feel like back it's to September. To... Yeah, go ahead. It's time to move on from Vincent and Company. Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Uh, not, so I, this, this is just one too many injuries for me. It's, it's, it's I, another I, three weeks that we're talking about now, and it's just. I'm done. I love him. He's wonderful. I wish that he could be fit, but, you know, it, I wish for a lot of things that aren't going to happen. Mauricio Shogun Hua, dude. Vincent Company reminds me of Mauricio Shogun Hua, one of the most talented people in his division, at his position, however you want to refer to it. But his body does not want to do what his mind is capable of doing and it frustrates me because I could watch Vinny at his peak play all day but I'm so tired of seeing him down on the ground or throwing an armband or just that look of like god damn it not again you can just see it on his face yeah. man and I do feel for him tremendously I do it hurts me yeah. it hurts me it's time to look at asking Vinny to move into coaching and for City to move on, because I just do not think that Vinny is ever going to get back to being able to play a full season. This is a, at this. Yeah. Let me just say this one thing, and I'll let you go. At this point, you can't even trust Vinny to play one game. Yeah, and that's the most damning indictment. It's, it can't rely on him anymore. He can't be in your plans. I mean, it's. It's sad, and I have no doubt how frustrating that must be for him, but, you know, there's nothing else you can really say. It's just you have to consider the football aspect of it, and it's just you cannot trust him. You have you can't put any faith in him to be available for any length of time. Um, so, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's just it's time to, time to say goodbye to that one. Um, do you have anything else that you would like to uh, add here before we... Uh... Now it's time to say goodbye to friends and family. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-C. No, sorry. <laughs> that was beautiful. You just said something that reminded me of that song. <clears throat> um no, I uh, look. I, I just want to say one last couple things about Aguero. <clears throat> I want Aguero to stay at City for the remainder of his career. I just have this sneaking suspicion that time is catching up to him too. I hope that I'm wrong. I pray that I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. So go ahead and tweet me and tell me I'm wrong when it happens. Remind me not to doubt Sergio Aguero. 
Um, but right now, I'm I'm just very nervous that Aguero's headed into the same type of, uh, I guess you could say, uh, sad ending that that Vinny is in. I I think that Aguero will end up back at Independiente maybe a little bit sooner than he wanted. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm sure that you will get comments for that. Tweet him at Fight on Twist. He's verified now, so you know it's him. Oh, the blue check mark of yay. It makes me so happy. That's right. We we have to fight off all the Josh impersonators in the world to ensure that they're not successfully posing as you. Really, what I told Verified is that I, I needed my verification because I was tired of people like Thayer Evans and a couple of other people who will sh- remain unnamed stealing my stories. And, um, yeah, man, it's hard when you're a journalist who doesn't work for a major outlet. People are like, well, he couldn't have possibly broken that story, you know. He just works for what's this fan rag you or whatever it is. You know, they, they just they seem to think that unless a person works at Yahoo, CBS or ESPN, that it is impossible for them to break a story. So, uh, yeah, verified for that very reason. Um, I, I just wanted to protect my stories. I got tired of the things like uh, Deruder being uh or excuse me the jeff tedford story i had reported a year ago that jeff tedford was going to be the head coach of fresno state <laughs> like a year ago i said this and uh yeah i of course i didn't get credit for it so who cares that's but that's how i got the verification so now i am able to protect against that so i will be hunting people down with authority and with vengeance. I'll be like the Terminator, really. With, with malice. With Dude, I'm going to be like the Extinguish on sight or something. Like a Dalek. Oh, I have a question for you, non-football ask me, related. Ask me a question. How do you feel about the new Pixar movie coming out? The new Disney Moana? I don't know. <laughs> That's a I, good question. I'm a really big fan of, of Disney Pixar movies going back to my youth, you know, Toy Story and, and so on and so forth. It's a big part. Probably more Disney than Pixar. Pixar had just started right about the time I kind of got a little bit too old for Disney, but you're never too old for Disney. Um, but yeah, this new movie with The Rock, it looks immensely entertaining. And I got to say, I went and saw Doctor Strange. That thing was phenomenal probably one of the most fun 3d movies i've ever seen what fun stuff have you done in in our absence gray what tell me what this do i need to watch what do i need to disappointment. listen to i have not watched anything what I about not... any new albums on the top of your no chart? i'm just so boring i am the most boring person on this podcast <laughs> I just realized no how video, that sounded. No video games. Um, I've been playing a lot of NBA 2K, which comes highly no. recommended. It is. Does it? It is. It is one of the more accurate simulations of, of its sport in the video game world. Okay, are you a Pez guy or are you a FIFA guy? I'm a both guy. Well, I am as well, but I think Pez plays better. Agreed. That's what I was looking at. I think that the the mechanics, the in-game mechanics of Pez are significantly better than those of FIFA. I can't count the number of times in FIFA where I'll be trying to fight to win for a ball using the L2 and O button and the X button, and then all of a sudden my player hoofs the ball like way, way downfield. And I'm like, are you serious, man? Like, very clearly I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to win the ball. And I feel like Pez eliminates a lot of that. It's like, okay, he was button mashing right here to win the ball. Let's not boot it away from him. But I also feel like the curve that you can put on the ball in Pez is almost physics-defying at times. That's true. I don't think either of them are perfect. 
No, I think I think Pez at some points look ridiculous. Yeah, I think Pez is closer to being what we would want than the alternative, though. If that makes sense. Would you say that Pez is a better simulation, whereas FIFA is sort of like the NBA Jam type? Yeah, there's in a certain sense, yes. FIFA feels like it's all about who can do the most skill moves, um, mm. and and win that way. Also, I don't play Ultimate Team, so I don't care about it at all. I do not also. I think Ultimate Team is the biggest waste of time and money. Like, I realize that we probably just lost 10 listeners by me saying that. But These are the hot I, takes that you people come for. Don't get mad at us. <laughs> I, uh, I've never cared for Ultimate Team. It's that Ultimate Team, to me, is worse than Fantasy, you know? Like, at least with Fantasy, I know who my flipping roster is for the week, you know? <laughs> like... With, with Ultimate Team, it's like, ah, oh, crap, that guy's contract expired after two games. Now I got to replace him. It's just, it's ridiculous, man. It's like, it's like that line in Zack and Mary Make a Porno when they're talking about Lost. They're on the island, they're off the island. Who can keep track? Yes, pretty much. So. Um, all well, right. Well, tapered off into nothingness. I think that's what's <laughs> to end it, eh, Gray? It is. Happy belated Thanksgiving to everyone in America, by the way. Um, we are recording this on Thanksgiving before <laughs> I, I am having. Yeah, you will not hear it until after, but you can listen to us on your Black Friday shopping excursions as you go to punch that other person in the face over that flat screen TV that you want. Um, but again, happy belated Thanksgiving. Um, we hope you enjoyed whatever you did. I'm not enjoying the Lions' performance, as ever, but, you know, these are the You know things. what, do you really want to do this with me? Because I had to sit and watch the Rams this no, past No, I don't. I understand this. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to, uh, we're, we're not going to do that. At least yeah, for, not. yeah, we, you know, as actually. I'm just a Browns fan, though. That's always where it goes. That's always the greatest thing. At least we're not Browns fans. <laughs> Amen, dude. Amen. At least we are not Browns fans. So anyway, I will be back now. Like yes. just general note from me before we sign off. Um, I know Gray already covered the City Watch thing, so I'll not be going into that. But I will tell you guys a little bit about me. Um, I definitely had some things that I had to get sorted out. Um, I've been in journalism now for. <laughs> Uh, the last decade it feels like and I genuinely do par pour my heart and soul into the things that I do because I don't know how to do it any other way it's just it's always been how I go at things it always will be how I go at things and I do it because well frankly I enjoy the content that I'm covering I enjoy talking about it with you guys and I feel like these types of podcasts and these types of adventures kind of like, well, they, they create an open dialogue between me and the rest of the internet. And I really do do it for you guys. And the whole reason that Ray and I even started this is because we didn't want to be beholden to anybody for anything about any reason. We've both kind of been... I think jerked around enough times in this industry. And if anybody listening is a journalist, they'll already know what we're talking about, man. It just, this is probably one of the most brutal cutthroat fields outside of politics that I can think of. Certainly that I've ever been in. <clears throat> um, and over time it catches up to you, man. Like the amount of people you have to step on, step over to get your job done. It's, it's not always a fun feeling, um, but you have to crush people in order to get your stories out, and you have to make enemies of people that you'd rather not, because if they put out a story and, and they're claiming credit for it, but it's your story, you're going to upset them by forcing them to give credit to you when, when they think they had a story. <clears throat> it all adds up, man, and, and it all... Uh, sort of takes a toll on the human brain, on the human psyche. And um, I just sort of hit my wall. And I told Gray I was hitting my wall. And 
like a friend and a, a true champion, Grace offered to keep the podcast going while I got things sorted out. And uh, I'm I'm not going to say everything is sorted out because I don't think in life that it works that way. I think you have to spend a lifetime dealing with issues. And the only way that you beat your issues is to keep talking about them every day. Um, <clears throat> that's the only way to overcome them. And I want to thank Gray from the bottom of my heart from keeping this show going, because even though I've technically made it his baby, I still feel like it's mine. I, I started it. I came up with the idea. But Gray makes it work. Without Gray, we don't have a podcast. And so I just wanted to give an extended thanks to uh, Gray on this cheery holiday for having kept this going and giving me enough time to, to get back on my mentally stable feet so that we could do this again, because I truly enjoy talking about Manchester City, and I can't think of any other partner that I'd want to talk about it with. So thank you, Gray. <clears throat> well, gee, I was not, I did not know that was coming, and I am so flattered. And thank you for, obviously, um, it was his... He invited me to this concept, not the other way around. So I'm part of it because he wanted to do this. And that's that's what it's all about. And we just enjoy talking at you people. And we love the interaction. We love um, hearing what you have to say. So we always encourage that. Um, and like I said, we are back and as close to the bar, that the low bar that we set before as ever. And so um, we will obviously be back as well after the... Uh, the, the Burnley game in some capacity. We are ready um, to move forward. We are happy to move forward, and we are thrilled to be talking Manchester City at you, no matter what nonsense they actually put on the field for us. So, um, on that note, you can follow us on Twitter at America Citizens. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, um, which is, and um, we are sponsored as ever by Blog Talk Radio, um, our, the, the lovely, lovely people at Blog Talk Radio. And it's it's good to have you back, and we will be back again um, after the Burnley game at, at the weekend. So stay tuned for that. Um, on behalf of Josh, we hope you had a great holiday. Safe shopping, everyone. Don't do anything you'll regret. <laughs> don't end up on YouTube, man. Yeah, don't, don't end up on YouTube. Don't end up on your local news. Don't end up in jail. Don't, 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 yeah, don't be famous for all the wrong reasons, people. Trust us. Well, not yeah. that I have, but yeah. Um, anyway, we'll be back after the Burnley game. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. This has been the American Seasons Podcast. Thanks again.